This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey guys, it's Laura and Angela. We are about to start this week's episode, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Care Of. Care Of is a new kind of vitamin company making healthy living easier with vitamin packs personally tailored to your exact needs. And as I've said before, I'm trying to subscriptionize my life so I never have to leave my house. I just like things coming to me every month. I don't even have to think about it. That's one of the many reasons I love Care Of. Yeah, I also get overwhelmed in like stores looking for my own vitamins. I don't know what to get. So I like the care of picks out what you what you need. Exactly. You. It's it's really easy because they have a fun online quiz that asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle, all of that stuff. And then they use that answer to create personalized vitamin packs for you within minutes. It's so easy. Vitamins can fill the important gaps that your body is missing from your diet or give you an extra boost where you need it. Your subscription box includes a month's supply of individually wrapped packets with your personal daily mix of vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. Recommendations are based on clinical research and traditional medicine with input from doctors. And they also have vegan and vegetarian supplement options to match your dietary needs. So modify your custom subscription at any time and pick up yourself some care of. And I like that they're really pretty too. Yeah, they're they're pretty cool looking. They really are. For 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit takecareof.com and enter our promo code SINGLE. That's takecareof.com and enter our promo code SINGLE. Now, now let's start, start the, the show. show. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba, 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 ba. Happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners, single or coupled or tripled, whatever your dating sitch, we hope you use today to love yourself. Right, Angela? Yes. Yes. Tre- treat yourself. Love yourself. Yes. All the above. yourself. Uh, welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. This is episode 133. I'm Laura Lane. And I am still Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is... Upping your erotic intelligence. Yes, we will explain exactly what that is and so much more. Also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news. A new dating app taps into your DNA to find the one. And another new app called Sweet Pea hopes to make the awkward conversation part of online dating that we all hate. They're trying to make that a whole lot easier. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who wants help talking dirty in bed, A married lady with a wandering eye wants to know if she should get divorced. And a single girl wants to know how to avoid dudes with weird kinks. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. Mal Harrison is a certified clinical sexologist, relationship coach, eroticism philosopher, TEDx speaker, and founder of the Center for Erotic Intelligence. She has served as the resident sexologist and advice columnist for the Museum of Sex and is a lecturer at conferences worldwide Please welcome Mal Harrison to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Mal, what exactly is erotic intelligence? It's the topic of today's podcast and you have an entire center for that. Well, it's it's rethinking human sexuality, not as um, what genitals we're born with and what we do with those genitals, but the way we express ourselves and relate to the world around us. Um, so it's really being able to balance our beliefs, feelings, thoughts, and realities with the current chaos at any given moment. So is it, it's like what, is it different like things that turn you on sexually? Is that 
that would be part, part of it. it. That would be the self-awareness part. Um, I break it down into main elements of body attunement, social intelligence, emotional intelligence, self-awareness on steroids, and creative <laughs> imagination. What does self-awareness on steroids mean exactly? Um, that you're constantly able to reflect and, and question things, your emotions. Um, I say this to women all the time, especially in terms of just trying to help us all not judge each other. If you meet a woman and you suddenly feel threatened by her for whatever reason, like we've all been there and done that, instead of judging her or you know letting that feeling go crazy, I sort of embrace it and think, well, what is it about this that's making me feel this way? And maybe I should talk to her and, and think about having some compassion and get to know her. And like nine times out of 10, we end up being best friends. So that's interesting. Yeah, I do feel like, I mean, I'm usually intimidated by people that possess qualities that I would like to have. So <laughs> if you if you bond with them, then maybe that will rub off on you. Yeah. Um, so you founded the Center for Erotic Intelligence in 2016 and you hoped, quote, to reframe our collective understanding of human sexuality and overhaul sex education. So why did you think researchers had been failing up until that point? We've thought about sex in general as this dirty little thing we do, and we put it over here, and we separate it from who we are, and, you know, every bit of ourselves, um, we sort of put that on the back burner. And so uh, what happened was Obama made consent education mandatory for public, publicly funded uh, universities and colleges. And so I saw an opportunity in the market to create something very different because, you know, we've been reading 50 tips and tricks from Cosmo since Helen Gurley Brown back in the day. So they've been selling the same headlines, you know, since they started. And if they really worked, then we wouldn't all still be wondering how do we solve this? And so the other aspect I looked at was what really makes a great lover? And I was totally Samantha in Sex and the City from the time I moved here 18 until I got married. Um, total slut and <laughs> love New York City for that reason. And so I started really thinking about it and the people who succeed on dating apps and elsewhere, they have the best social intelligence. They're and, you know, the, the other issue with screens and digital technology is that we are losing our ability to look in each other's eyes, to have conversations face-to-face -face without feeling awkward or uncomfortable. So many people are more comfortable behind screens. So then when you get in real life and then you have the awkward messiness of sex, it gets kind of even more awkward feeling um, and even more awkward feeling. And so I sort of decided we need to rethink sex ed and it needs to be about social intelligence and empathy and dealing with shame and embarrassment um, and all of the things that make sex awkward and messy. <laughs> so what are you hoping to learn from all of this research and what, like how, how does, what exactly are you teaching? So we have um, main pillars of erotic intelligence education. So it's relationship education. We're never taught that. Um, and it's like sex ed is basically how to not get pregnant and how to not get an STD and hopefully how to put on a condom. Um, <laughs> right. If you don't go to a, a religious <laughs> school, <laughs> then it's just like. <laughs> you went to Catholic like, school, right? Yeah. There were no condom really talks. It, no, was it, was, it, was, it was abstinence only education. It was just don't. Which is super effective. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, don't we all want to break the rules? That's like the fun part. 
Um, so, so what we did was, uh, we broke it down into uh, sexual and reproductive health education, which is what most people get with medically accurate information. Then we have pleasure education. Nobody teaches people that, Hey, you should be masturbating. I always say the best way to love yourself is to give yourself a little loving. And, um, and so there's that aspect of I mean, it. Thank God for Google now. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause like when like we were growing up, like, you know, in middle school, like, I mean, I guess right. there was like kind of Google, but like not, there wasn't this much information. But I also feel like, I mean, without like the proper sex education to balance Google, that's things true. can get a little hairy. That's what we're like dealing with. Like the average age kids are looking at porn now is seven by that's, accident yeah. or on purpose. Ugh. So like they're getting their first notions of sex by Google. Like we've done some research like what kids Google and it's really scary. Yeah, that's terrifying. They all just want to see genitals. <laughs> Genitals and dead bodies. That's what kids are Googling. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are you the expert in children Google? I just watch my cousins and I'm like, mm, evil. <laughs> evil. <laughs> oh, man. Is your research anything like an episode of Masters of Sex? No. Uh, well, sometimes. Um, I did. So for the internal clitoris, I did get my clitoris sonographed while I was turned on um just for, really weird for those of you <laughs> listening and, and confused when when mal was a resident sexologist at the museum of sex she worked on research about the internal clitoris that went viral is that correct yeah so yeah so explain exactly a little, what you were about to say like like what was that research on the internal clitoris and, and why did it go viral and then tell us please about the sonogram <laughs> <Yeah>, the experience <laughs> uh so in 1998, the same year men started popping Viagra legally in the U.S., Helen O'Connell, a urologist in Australia, found that there was erectile tissue on dead cadavers that she was giving autopsies to and are performing autopsies on. And so she published a report and then, of course, leave it to the doctors in France, um, Dr. Odell Bousson and Dr. Pierre Folds. They started with no government funding studying female pleasure. Um, we haven't really had much concern about female pleasure. It's basically like, oh, you can get pregnant and have a baby and we don't care if you can orgasm or if we rip your nerves apart during hysterectomy surgery or, you know, cesarean. Nobody cared. Didn't um, even like very old medical textbooks not even like show the clitoris, like the outer? Well, it's really fascinating if you look at the history because, yes, but if you go even further back in time they actually talked about the clitoris and it was it was you know so we've gone through waves waves, waves yeah. of, the, of the clit is there now it is not <laughs> yeah they now weren't sure how they felt about it now I it's guess. back yeah and like there's some sex ed programs at, at high schools that don't allow you to even use the word clitoris which is horrible like today today Ugh. yeah um so so then i found out about this research and then I was like well I want to volunteer can I get mine sonographed and they're like sure so I masturbated with a wand and I had a, a lab technician on basically performing sonography and um and I mean I've done a lot of other things MRI machines all of this stuff for science but um this gave us this 3D imaging of what it looks like, what that baby looks like when she's erect. And <laughs> it's not just the little nubbin up under the hood. It's this huge erectile structure. It has legs that hug the vagina when it's excited. 
Um, and it's got these little bulbs on either side of the lips. So when you get excited, it puffs up your lips. <laughs> so it's like a That's tree wild. with roots kind of? <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. I've never thought about that. Wait, have I'm you guys seen of the my... pictures of it? No. Oh, I'm, oh okay. we gotta look. Well, we gotta look this up after yeah. the podcast. So <laughs> I have to. Like, we gotta so... look at Mal's roots of the tree. <laughs> yeah. of her tree. <laughs> when you were actually going through the experience, was it like hard to to like start? Basically, like, were you feeling bashful at all? Or you were just like, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm no, do it. I'm a weird bird. I've been masturbating for as long as I can remember, and like. I grew up with a magnet on the fridge that was like a mom in the 50s with an apple pie and a speech balloon that was like, darling, God's gift to women wasn't men. It was the shower massager. So I was just sort <laughs> wow. of like, so I was like, yeah, like this needs to happen. Like it's not fair that med- the medical community really hasn't cared about like our pleasure. Gynecologists get four to six hours of training for sexuality. So... If you have a that's sex not pro- enough. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you have a sex problem, you probably shouldn't go to your gynecologist. Yeah. Um. So I have a question. How do guys that you date well, react? She's, you're married now, or are I'm you married? married okay. So yeah. how did guys react to like your experience? Um. I wasn't really dating, and I think it took like you know having a husband to really like dive in. <laughs> That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I was, it, it. I can tell you now, it's like very awkward. Like all guys think that just because you study sex or you talk about sex that you're automatically ready to bone. And that's just not the case. Um, yeah. Do, I bet, I do bet, men like, like you, say inappropriate things? To or like you when you go on like a double date, they're probably like, oh, their sex life must be <laughs> off the chains. I can only imagine what people assume. Like, yeah. It's so, like, not crazy. <laughs> That's good to know. Sorry sorry to dispel any <laughs> fantasies any of your friends have had. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'm sure people, I know people have assumed we're, like, swingers or we're, like, even his mom was, like, do you guys have threesomes? And I was, like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is so inappropriate. <laughs> Luckily, uh, Nick's mom has not asked me if we have three sons. <laughs> despite having this podcast. Wait, what about Ian's mom? Uh, has not asked about the threesomes, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and certainly not my mom. Wait, you see it like there are threesomes. The threesomes. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I am too jealous. And I think Ian would be too awkward. And it would just be a bad comment. We would both be awkward. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think they're so fun. Like, guys have this ultimate threesome fantasy. And I'm like, most guys can't please one woman. Why do you I think know. you can please do? This is true. <laughs> I actually have a standing deal with Ian, though. I have said that he can, we can have an open relationship if he finds someone that is willing to clean and cook for us. Basically, <laughs> if he can find, like, a 1950s wife for both of us. <laughs> then I'm like, you can you can sleep with that person. I don't care if she will cook me a chicken. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't That's know you hilarious. had that deal. We I do. Learned, I learned something new about you every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Mal, your mom is single and dating, and I've heard that you've been helping her, which, as a sexologist, on one hand, it makes complete sense. On the other hand, I would think it's completely awkward, but now that I know you grew up in a household that had, like, a magnet encouraging, like, <laughs> masturbation, <laughs> it, uh, not awkward at all that you're helping your mom date. So, how has that been going? So, it's interesting because she had kind of horrible relationships and so I saw that as a kid and I think that's in part what drove me to 
sort of study human relationships and, and mating patterns and why we do what we do. And so she, after her last relationship, she was just done and happy single. And, you know, had she started dating somebody, I probably would have been like, I have no trust or faith in your decision right now. Um, but now fast forward 10 years later, I've seen her just grow and sort of blossom into this awesome, fierce, you know, amazing, loving, giving member of her community. And um, and she bought her own house and she's like, she had a built. So she's just like doing her thing. And um, and I actually wasn't trying to help her date. She wasn't on an app. She was just like, oh, there's this guy who came in my office and we hit it off and we have chemistry and, but I'm okay with just being friends. So he's a, a widower. Um, and so I told her, be careful when, when there's a good one out there, all the women like go crazy, <laughs> like vultures. Oh, he's available. She's not in a hurry to lock him down. No, not good at all. Her. I, but I think it's because she is, it's, you know, faith in how he feels about her from their interactions. And, um, so, but she had never Googled him and I'm like, mom, uh oh. Why, if you date somebody, you have to Google them. And so I Googled him for her. And I text, I start texting her in all caps. Oh my gosh, he hiked the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> oh, okay, so it was a good thing. Right. Yeah, it was good, good stuff. Yeah, good <laughs> oh, stuff. Thank God I was worried. And he's like tall and thin and like, he's actually like a pretty sexy silver fox. <laughs> wow. So you were like, lock this down. Yeah, I was like, well, that's when I was like, girl. All the other ladies are going to see like a widower and like get on him like vultures. Like you better do something. Like see, I was nervous when you first said like she had never Googled him. I was like, uh oh, you know, you hear about those widower widowers that are like <laughs> some people think they murdered their first wife, like a male version of a black widow. Yeah, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> thank God that's not the case. No, he's just healthy and adventurous. All right, there yeah. you go. Um, okay, well, we're going to talk more about erotic intelligence later on in the podcast. But for now, it is time for us to jump into What's in the news? Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? All right. I think we're both talking about dating apps this week. We are. How exciting. Okay. So my dating app I read about on Playboy and piece by Kenya Foy. She wrote about this new dating app. Not Bobby Box? Not Bobby Box. I don't know what he was up to. Maybe he was busy this week. Yeah. he Maybe he took the week off. Because usually, yeah, he writes everything there. Normally, (laughs) Normally, Bobby Box is the only person that writes articles. Uh, Um, So Kenya Foy... Uh, found this new dating uh, app called Pheromore, which is like sort of like pheromones because they claim that DNA matching can improve your chances of finding a significant other. You have to give them your blood? So you give them your spit. It's just like a like a 23andMe type uh, situation. Right. I d- I've done 23andMe. So have I. Well, actually, I got it from my dad, which was my cheap way of finding out <laughs> half of my genes. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Doesn't count. <laughs> um, so yeah, you send them like a swab of your saliva and then they also, it's not just your genes, they also go to your social media and they acquire your likes, dislikes, and interests from I like mean, Facebook and oh Twitter. Wow. And Half the time I'm liking shit out of pity <laughs> on Instagram. Well, then they will know that you are a kind person. No, they're not going to know. They're going to think I like I like all these like shit pictures, but like, I don't, do you do that on, Insta- on Instagram? I'm like, Okay, I, I feel obligated to like my friend's picture, even though like I don't think this picture is a nice do, picture. It's aesthetically not pleasing. I mean, I'm not sure exactly, but I think that it's probably more based on like um, like pages that you like, you know, like music and movies. That's what I would guess. Because like, what can you tell about a person from like, oh, like, you liked like a picture of your friend at a wine bar? Like, yeah, you know, I hope not a lot because 
if you're going off of like the pictures I like, you don't know anything about me because half of those are pity likes. <laughs> Good to know, Laura. Thanks. <laughs> uh, if I was if I was only liking pictures that like I would only like like very like aesthetically pleasing professional photography pictures probably. And I, and I would only like pictures of puppies, but that would be accurate. I would say 90% of my likes are pity likes. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody unfriend Laura. <laughs> um, so, all right, but the the interesting part I think is the the saliva part. They locate eleven genes that are associated with pheromones, which are chemicals that are believed to turn on areas of the brain that dictate mood, hormones, and sexual behavior. Um, do you guys? Is, does this intrigue you guys? Would you use this if you were both single? I feel like after the Wee Vibe fiasco and the data breach. What I, was that? Uh, so it's a, a teledildonic device, and so the company. Oh, we think we read. The, yes, yeah. we talked about this, and it talks about like your your thrusts per yeah. minute or something. Or maybe it wasn't a tele. It or maybe it was just the vibrator. I forget which. Like what we read a news story about this, did but we? I think they so. were like collecting data on people. So if I were to give a company my DNA, I would not want to also give them access to my social media profiles. That's right. just to me. An excellent point. And like we have no data privacy laws here. The the EU is putting together compliances, but here it's just the Wild West. Yeah, I would never trust some like random ass dating startup. Like big, <laughs> big hell to the no. Well, it's actually really good that you guys feel that way because Playboy then interviewed a bunch of people um, that were experts in various romantic fields to like get their spin and pretty much unanimously they were like no this is not really a great way to tell if you're compatible with somebody and um, they talked to Ira Pastor who is the CEO of Biopark and he said genes do nothing more than hold information that gets acted on and acted upon from higher biological forces utilizing DNA in this manner is akin to assembling two isolated pieces of a massive jigsaw puzzle and expecting something to blossom from that connection but probably not going to happen i mean people are trying always i mean i know they're saying like it's going off of pheromones but the this is not going off of pheromones the thing that was trying to go off of pheromones was remember there was like the app where like you smell your smelly yes. armpits or like your t-shirts yeah if it were pheromones it would be like there have been studies women can smell out compatible immune systems from yeah. dirty shirts from dirty shirts but like and i and i'm not for that app either i thought that like that's Absolutely disgusting. But it makes a little more sense than this one. But that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, the only thing like that I could sense if you're like checking out people's DNA, and I don't think you can check this out from your spit, is if like you want to have kids in the future. Like, for example, like I'm a carrier for tyrosinemia. And like right. luckily Nick's not a carrier for tyrosinemia. So like when we try to have kids, like there's not a chance our child will have like this horrible disease because we're, we're not both carers. I don't even know. But it doesn't <laughs> you just don't want it. Yeah, you just don't want it. But like I mean, everybody's basically a carrier for some diseases. Yeah, totally. You just like hope that your partner's not as well because then it won't pass pass down or there's like, you know, 0.00001 right. chance it will. But but yeah, we got like our DNA tested to like check for like genetic mutation. I think genetic, whatever. I'm not a doctor. But I just know <laughs> that I was, I was, the only thing I was a carrier for was this thing called tyrosinemia. But then Nick got his DNA tested and he was not a carrier for that. And then the things that he was a carrier for, I was not a carrier for. But like other than that, I can't. And I don't think you can. I mean, I guess that's a form of compatibility. But you can't do that test from spit from from what I know. Like we had to do like major blood tests. Oh. You know? Well, anyway. Yeah, I don't that's know. just weird to me. I just weird. But I, I do think like the pheromone thing I get because like when I smell Nick, I'm like crazy into his smell, you know? Right. 
I don't know. This seems like this feels like a Black Mirror episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I, I feel like there's you need like real life chemistry for sure. So yeah, I I feel like everybody has so much angst over like dating apps and dating apps are no different than just going out. It's just it, they're introduction sites. They're not changing us. Like just go out somewhere. Go to the library. Go to like a meetup. Yoga retreats are great for guys to go to to meet girls. Oh, that's definitely true. Because there you go to yoga a lot. It's usually I do. Mostly women, I went on right? a yoga retreat this summer to Greece. I'm trying to remember if there were any. I mean, I'm married, so I wasn't like on the prowl. But I'm trying to think if there were any single guys. There was a one couple. But it was funny because the couple got in a fight halfway through the trip. <laughs> so we were like, so then like some of the single girls were like, maybe he'll be available <laughs> for the last half of the retreat. That's <laughs> great that everybody knew their business. Well, I mean, it was pretty obvious. They were like, like, you know, the yoga retreat's like pretty small and they're like yelling at each other. Oh, no. But he, he was like pretty cute dudes. And, uh, and so like the single girls were like, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe there's a chance. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think there were any like, yeah, there were the, like the single guy was like 65, (laughs) but there were a lot of single girls. There was, there was more single girls than single guys. So I guess if you're a single guy out there and you want to meet some girls. I have, I have a friend who basically just went to yoga trees and then he met his wife. Wow. His now wife. They just got married. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. Definitely more smart for the men. Yeah. To, to go but but for women I'm very encouraging of yoga treats just because I think they're great for your soul <laughs> just because <Yes>. they're fun <laughs> and they're great for body attunement which is one of the characteristics for erotic intelligence there you go yep. alright you want to know what I've been reading yes I've been reading our favorite Cosmo this is an article by Jillian Fuller. A new app called Sweet Pea hopes to fix the worst part of online dating, which is that conversational part of it, which really is the part of all dating, like Mal was saying. Like, you got to have a conversation in person or online. Um, Can but- I be honest? Up top, you spelled it P-E-E, and I thought this was going to also be like a pheromone thing. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I just spelled it wrong in our in our uh, outline. But no, it's, it's uh, P-E-A. <laughs> Uh, no, this has nothing to do with your pee. <laughs> with urine. Okay, great. Uh, but later on, one of our listener questions does have to deal with that. <gasps> True. So, so uh, get excited. Uh, so a 27-year-old entrepreneur named Michael Bruch, I think Bruch, uh, started a dating app called Sweet Pea, which officially goes live this month. The app aims to improve how we communicate with one another, which, yes, even Cosmo in their article admitted that, like, there's a gazillion dating apps out there and they're yep. all trying to do the same thing. But yeah, I'm going to tell you why this one claims to be different and then I want to get your guys' opinion. So the profiles are more detailed and extensive, which Angela, as you know, from OkCupid is like no different than like right. OkCupid or OkCupid has like fell out of fashion. So maybe they feel like they're reinventing that idea. Maybe. So they're more detailed and extensive profiles. Users can browse for matches by searching hashtags pertaining to their interests or topics of conversation. And then... There's the app signature. This is like their big like, this is why we're different. They have an icebreaker question that users have to add to their profile, which gives potential matches an easy way to strike up a conversation. So the icebreaker could be whatever you're thinking about at the time or any topic of conversation. And the icebreakers are supposed to help people find some sort of common point of interest to begin the conversation. So you're like, this is what you can talk to me about this is my icebreaker uh you can also upload videos create stories and statuses tag activities or locations which you can use to search for matches uh so they've they've tried to create all these different ways to to find p- 
people to relate to and start a conversation with. What do you guys think? Are the icebreakers mandatory? It says when you sign up, you're like that's one of the first things you have to do is like write your icebreaker question. I actually kind of love that because I think that I mean the most. How cons- is that different from like listing your movies and then like someone couldn't like wait? Talk what to would you about- your icebreaker questions be? Well, okay. that's a lot of pressure. I don't know what my question. I would like probably think about it for days, <laughs> weeks, maybe. Why can't they just have cards of humanity as icebreaker questions? <laughs> right? Amazing. I wonder if they do have like some prompts maybe or like suggested ones. I would do like one of the ones from from like our book. We have like a bunch of stupid. <laughs> they're like they're stupid, but they're supposed to be like wacky icebreakers. Like one of them's like elevators or escalators go. Like, yeah. Which do you prefer? If and, you guys are using Sweet Pea, you should buy our book. Yeah. Our- it was like like some of the other ones we have in our book were like well, oh God, we wrote our book so long ago. What, like, when's like, the last time you went to uh, medieval times? Yes. Did you know that if you put grapes in the microwave, they explode? I think was one. Yeah. We, they're just a bunch of like weird, random, facty type of like questions yeah. that like that could be like a icebreaker that would make you more unique than being like, "What's up?" Right. I would say like, "What does sex mean to you?" Especially if I were trying to like have really good sex because as women, we can walk out the door and have sex. But to find somebody who's like really good at sex, like a good lover, like that's hard. And to find someone who has like an intelligent answer to that question. And not like, oh, I get my dick wet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But what what would that- Boobies. But everybody's- (laughs) Boobies. But everybody's answer to that is so different because everybody's into different things. So like- But that's how you like, you know- That's how you would find out if you're compatible. Or just like- Somebody that like says something interesting or like, oh, I could I could explore this. Right. Yeah. Like I never thought of it that way, but I like (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, I also I like the hat that you could search hashtags because it just feels like Twitter. And very often I'm on Twitter and, you know, like doing a deep dive stalking people. And I'm like, oh, if if only this were a dating app and I were single, I would approach this person. What do you think of this app? Are you into it? I haven't tried it. Uh, it sounds interesting. It also just sounds like all of these apps, they sound like so much time and effort. Can we hire somebody to do it for us? Or can we just go out to a concert and hopefully meet somebody cool? You know, right. like, I don't know. How I, did you meet your husband? At Soho House. Schnazzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I, I met talking. my husband in person too. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very into the in-person, in-person hang. I mean, like, the biggest problem with online dating is that, like, everybody just feels like there's somebody better, like, a few swipes away. I feel, I mean, it's interesting. So, I lost my virginity to a guy I met on AOL member directory. Amazing. <laughs> That's, like, a whole other thing. So, like, married the in, in real life, like, lost the V card to, like, digital, totally dating myself, dialogue fears. But, um. I was there, too. We all yeah, had, we, we all had AIM. <laughs> we were in chat rooms. <laughs> ASL or no what was it yeah ASL DSL ASL age age sex location yeah oh yeah (laughs) that was so crazy so wild um but I mean all of these apps it's just it's I feel like you get more of a dopamine rush from having really intellectually stimulating conversation intellectual stimulating conversation um than you do from the game of tinder and like oh we made a match it's like oh then i gotta deal with bullshit conversation and then if i'm actually gonna like go meet somebody then it's like oh, i gotta put in all this work and get dressed up and do i need to shave and put on makeup and like oh you know what actually i don't want to go out i'm not gonna talk to you like that's <laughs> pretty much what i hear from most of my girlfriends and it's you seem very anti-dating app 
I'm not anti-dating app. I have like, I'm on all of them like for <laughs> research. And like, so is my husband. I set up all his profiles. And, like, it's really fun to see what happens and, yeah. and how people interact and engage, you know, with other people. Um, Do you actually talk to people? on? So I end up getting a lot of uh, messages. I don't really message back on Tinder, but in on Instagram, I get a lot of like message requests in the DMs oh. and it's so crazy they're like a lot of young boys like my friends are like oh are they just all older guys perving out and I'm like no it's like 22 year old boys that are like oh you're passionate about sex and I'm like oh, <laughs> oh no, no. yeah but there's some like there was a really funny one that came through that was like are we uh you must have Fios because I can feel our connection and I was like oh, oh. <laughs> Five. I don't hate that. <laughs> what? But I would just be annoyed that they probably copy and paste it to everyone. It's just hilarious <laughs> stuff that people like you can't even really come across as genuine. I don't know. I just feel like there I, I also have a friend who um created this really intense, beautiful relationship with a guy she met on Raya. And she was living across the world and they would send each other voice memos and FaceTime for hours. And then they finally met in person and it was great. And then it turned out he was like this total like substance abusing, crazy bipolar person. Oh, no. yeah, I guess that's so, easy to hide from yeah, across the yeah, world. So it's like, you know what? Like it's great to meet on a dating. It's, it's all good if it helps you meet somebody, but like get in real life ASAP. There you go. Yeah. I'm a little okay. skeptical going back to this app. I'm a little skeptical. I just don't see exactly why it's that different, to be honest. Like, I don't see how it's any different than, like, Match or OkCupid that forces you to put a lot of stuff in your profile. And then, like, who, I'm maybe the icebreaker sounds like a good idea at first. But, like, after your 30th message about your one icebreaker, like, everybody's going to seem so unoriginal. And then, like, to stand out, people are going to have to say, have going to have to message you about, anything that doesn't have to do with your icebreaker, you know? But so many people struggle with having a good opening line. Yeah, like, but I always just say, like, like look in their pictures and, like, if they're on vacation somewhere, like, ask about that vacation or, like, do they have a dog? Like, ask about their dog in the picture. Like, like mention something about their movies or their likes. Like, I just think, like, getting a lot of messages about this one icebreaker is going to get real old real quick. It's true. I don't know. Also, people don't know how to, like, listen or ask people about themselves everybody just wants to be like oh I, I i i like i've noticed this even with guys who are like will you help me learn how to text better and i'll be texting with them and i'll literally just be like oh by the way if you if i were a girl you were seeing and you knew i had this like big event today or you knew i was doing this and you didn't even ask me about it like i'd be pretty upset and it's so fascinating to me how people just totally forget that you make greater, deeper connections by being genuinely interested in others versus I can't wait to share all of myself with someone. This is true. Ask questions about other people and be thoughtful. Um, all right. On that note, we are going to jump into the mailbox, but first let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Are you ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. Get started with Squarespace. And that's what Angela and I did before they were ever a sponsor of our podcast. We created thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com and we were just a scrappy little sketch show. Yep. And then we both created our personal websites. Laura created her wedding website. You can really use Squarespace for any kind of website. You don't have to be comedians like us. You can be an architect. You can be an artist. 
You could be a personal trainer. You could do hair and nails. Anything. Because there's so many things you can do with Squarespace. You can showcase your work, blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds. It's so much fun. And actually, you know, we have our This Is Why You're Single show. You can also go to This Is Why You're Single book. It goes to the same place. But we get a lot of our audience submitted questions for the podcast through our website because they have like a really easy like email widget. Um, you know, we give our we give our uh, our email address, which is contact at this is why you're single show dot com when we're asking for audience submissions. But I think that that's like so long. People are worried yeah. about like messing it up and I don't blame them. Squarespace makes it much simpler. <laughs> yeah, we have like the longest email address ever. So they just like uh, most of our our submissions, they just go to our website. It's really easy. They email us through our website. And, and it's kind of cool because I hope they kind of explore our website because it gives them maybe an opportunity for them to like perhaps explore our gallery right or our merch store which we had no idea how to set up a merch store but squarespace made it super easy they sure did we also have i don't know we we don't really have any events coming up but if we do when we do when we do we list them on there so you know maybe people like kind of explore and, and learn some things about us that they didn't already know yeah so when you decide to get yourself a squarespace account they will provide you with beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And if you run into any trouble, there is 24-7 award-winning customer service to help you out. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SINGLE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com offer code SINGLE. We would like to thank our sponsor, Brook Linen. Brook Linen is luxury bedding underpriced. And before they were a sponsor... When I moved into my new apartment, I got Brooklinen sheets for both the guest room and our master bedroom. And I bought like a ton of sheets. So then when I found out they were sponsored, I was like, well, this is great because I'm already a fan. Yeah. Um, I got Brooklinen sheets after they became a sponsor, but I had been like dreaming about getting them for a really long time. So it was Kismet. And now whenever people come over and I tell them I have Brooklinen sheets, they're like, ooh. Kismet? Yeah, kismet. Oh, that's a fun word. Isn't that a fun word? That is such a fun word. It's one of my favorite fun words. I was eyeing their ads all over the subway. That's yes. why I initially got hooked. And I got to say, like, everything lived up. They lived up to People the always want to sleep in my sheets when I tell them I have Brooklyn in sheets. Well, the one thing is you spend a third of your life in sheets. And when I heard that, I was like, you know what? That is so important. You sleep, a th- you're like a third of your life in the sheets and you're like, you have sex in your sheets. Like sh- you're, you got to pay attention to your sheets, man. Yeah. You never thought about this, did you guys? No. <laughs> um, so with Brooklyn and sheets, there's no unnecessary markups or fees. Most bedding is marked up as much as 300%. That's crazy. Day bedding woke. Brooklyn and sheets named are, are named the winner of the best online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. They're also super versatile with colors and patterns. You can mix and match to complement any decor, which is what you do. Yes, I mix and match. I have gray sheets, and then I have like their window pane comforter. See, and I just stick like all window pane, like or all gray. But you know, like that's the cool thing is you can like do it like all one pattern, or you can like switch switch stuff up yeah whatever your personality is yeah we both love our brooklyn and sheets and they have an exclusive offer just for our listeners get 20 dollars off and free shipping when you use our promo code single at brooklinen.com brooklinen is so confident that they offer a risk-free 60 night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters the only way to get 20 dollars off and free shipping is to use our promo code single at brooklinen.com that's B R 
O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code SINGLE. Brooklinen, the best sheets ever. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Mal to help us answer? Okay, first we have an email from our listener, Emma. And I love Emma's email. It's one of my favorites that we've ever gotten. She says, SOS. So I had this habit of saying sexual phrases about non-sexual things. For example, in response to something ordinary as, hey, let's go get Margs after work, I'll say like, yes, daddy, or talk dirty to me, daddy, in a joking way. The other night in the bedroom, I was asked, who's your daddy? And my brain completely just shut down. Uh, I'm in my <laughs> mid-20s and have never experienced this. Caught off guard is an understatement. So I just ignored the statement slash question, but he asked again. <laughs> was, he really wanted to know who her daddy was. She says, it was kind of hot in all honesty, but I'm so used to saying daddy in a joking setting, I could not think of anything <laughs> sexy to say back. Is he looking for a legit response here or should I continue being silent? What is the protocol here? She should have literally just been like, you are. That's like all she had to do, right? I'm I'm like the worst. I'm, I want to talk dirty, but I'm like not that good at it. But like if someone says, who's your daddy? Like you're, you are. That's what they want to hear, right? Am I wrong? Mal, help. <laughs> you know, but are we doing these things to give somebody what they want to hear? Are we like if I were her, I would have just put my hand on his mouth and been like, shh. If you know? she didn't, if she didn't want to talk, well, to her. I mean, she could like if I don't know if 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 she felt awkward about it, then you have to communicate that maybe without saying it, and so you can kind of be like, Shh. but if he's like, oh, who's your daddy? <laughs> like I would just, you know, it, I, from her perspective, I would probably have laughed. I would have laughed. I know, yeah. just because that one is so cheesy. But then I also like I'm all about like, you know, finding like. Uh, compromise to like respecting yeah. other people's kinks you know so, yeah. ma- like you could be my daddy if you make me come hard you better work you know <laughs> like oh my god I don't think that could come out of my mouth but I <laughs> wish it could I wish I had the, the balls pun intended right. no pun intended yeah you have a vagina it's much stronger that's true I wish <laughs> it has roots, <laughs> it has roots. Um, yeah I what mean what would you have said Angela well in reality or in in my brain. Both. Both. <laughs> in reality, I probably would have done what she did and frozen like a gargoyle. Um, but I'm not not into that for the record. I just Ian, like. Ian, if you're listening. <laughs> but like, I'm not into you saying who's your daddy because that's just that's gross me. and weird. I like, I mean like. Yeah, I'm not into the like daddy issue, like daddy thing. Like it just like creeps me out. But I'm into the talking dirty. Right. What? But okay. First question. I don't know. If, do you know, Mel? Why? Why is that a thing? Why is that a sexual thing? So, when we have sex, if uh, it, like, don't think of talking dirty as a performance. That's the problem. Think of talking dirty as transcendence, as going into fantasy and role play. Um, when it when it's for the performance, then it's comical. And it's one of the things I can't stand for guys to say during sex is, "Do you like that?" I'm just like, yeah. if I liked it, you would f- know, you know? So um, so sometimes, you know, we all have a cinema going through our heads when we're having sex if we're in the moment. I know for a lot of women especially, and some guys, you know, we're like, oh, does he see the pimple in my ass? Do I smell? Did I shave? Am I stuff? Like, all that. But, like, once we've learned how to, like, regulate that part with emotional intelligence and, like, be in the moment and be present – then it's sort of like we're lost in our own, you know, 
thought of fantasy while we're simultaneously connecting with our partner. And so sometimes the talk can actually be a disturbance and a disruption to us thinking of whatever we need to think about to get off. Yeah, I guess the like, do you like that isn't the right way to, it's good to check in with your partner, I think. (laughs) I think it's good like like, dirty talk 101 because it's a yes or no answer. (laughs) Right, and like, and you're not gonna be like, do you like this? No, like, (laughs) you know, like, it's just not the best way to check in with your partner to make sure that they're like in, if you're not, if maybe they're not good at giving like, you know, like cues of what they're into for whatever reason, or you're not that good at reading them, there's probably like better ways to check in. Like you can check in without, that. that's what where we need to like learn body language and we need to learn how to communicate. With, or get better at just telling our partners. Yeah. I mean, if you have a partner who's great in bed, they listen to your body. And if you flinch a certain way, jerk a certain way, they sense it before it's gone to your brain to say like, I'm too sensitive. Actually, I'm going to push your head back a little bit. You know, they're like, oh, okay, she's too sensitive. I need to ease the tongue action up a little bit. So there is this whole communication going on that I think we're just really failing at most lovers. So to wrap up for (laughs) Emma, the protocol here would be kind of what she did, you think, or, or to answer him. I, I would. What do um, we? I, th- I feel like we're all all over the board. So I yeah. want to help her out. Well, I think she did say that she thought it was hot, so she would be down to like try it again. Yeah. But I think to like avoid him actually saying the phrase "Who's your daddy?" because that's weird. Like maybe she could just like say "daddy," like instead of like being like "Oh yeah," like be like "Uh, daddy." Well, I maybe. <laughs> I I still think like you you had one response that was like. You're my daddy if you something if you, something. If you make me come, you can be my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just simply being like, you are. I think. You <laughs> can do if you give me off. Like you better work. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if she's into it, that can be the response. And then if you're not into it, uh put your fan over his face, apparently. Like is what But Mal never thinks. stop saying yes, daddy, in response to do you want to get margaritas? Right. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, what do we have? We got two more from Mal. Okay, we have one from an anonymous listener. Our anonymous listener writes, uh, the subject was divorce or deal with it. There's a lot of pressure. I know. I don't want to tell someone to get divorced. (sighs) All right. So she says, I've been married for just over a year to the love of my life. Seriously, this guy is amazing. We've been together for six years on and off and finally got married. Here's my issue. I adore this guy, but man, do I love flirting and hooking up. I get such a thrill from a guy hitting on me and the flirting and making out in a bar is just so much fun. I always want to come home to my husband, but I think I'd be more fulfilled in an open marriage. However, he would not be open to the idea caps lock at all. It has been <laughs> it has been brought up but shut down immediately by him. I just don't know what to do. Our on again, off again was always because we had um, we are head over heels for each other, but I'm always looking to flirt or hook up with someone new because that feeling is such a high. Should I s- just stop giving into the flirting and be content in my marriage to this lovely, albeit not so sexually fulfilling man? Or should I call it quits and just be single? I know we just end up back together eventually. We always do because, well, love, but the fighting is killing me. Mm. I hope they have good makeup sex. <laughs> She says not fulfilling. So this is one of those sticky situations that either. Okay. So the way the brain works in love has a lot to do with it. I would definitely tell her to go read um, the anatomy of love by Helen Fisher. 
we it, it sounds like she's a romance junkie and she's addicted to the chase, which many of us are, men and women. Um, she can learn how to sort of harness this energy, this desire to flirt. Um, there could be a deeper reason why she has it. Maybe it's she needs self-validation, but it's just fucking fun. I get it. It's it's fun. You know, like if I flirt with a guy out, I come home and, and hop right on my husband and it's like to feel wanted is great. Um, how far you take that feeling wanted is... So, yeah. Well, she says she wants to make out with guys at bars. Well, and she also so said hooking cheating. up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cheating. Yeah. I mean, so she could harness that energy and find her rush of dopamine from doing something else in life, whether it's, you know, singing or performing or, or you, I don't know her background. So she, she could refocus that energy toward something else that would give her the equal amount of, of rush. Um, but it sounds like she loves this and, and I get that. Um, a lot of the majority of humans do. It's just, it's just to be human you know, it's what most humans wrangle with at some point in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships. And so it's you think she should stay in the marriage? From this email, I would say, I would, that's, that's just tough. I don't want to say, I, I think, I think she should have her fun and have her cake and eat it too. And if it all falls down on her, it all falls down on her. She's willing to to live up, live with the consequences, including like the hooking up, or I mean, is that where you draw the line? I don't draw. I, I'm not God. I'm not going to say <laughs> what she can and can't do. She's clearly yeah. going to do what she wants to do. So I'm not going to. She, she wants to stay married and she wants to have fun. So do it. Just be smart about it and don't hurt anybody. <laughs> but I think. But how can you do that? Because if you're cheating on your husband, he's going to get hurt. So you would be hurt if he people. finds out. Oh, man, we've never given this advice on a podcast. Cheat on your husband, everybody. No, I do not advise cheat because he will find out. It's not It's not a matter of if he'll find out. It's when he'll find out. Um, I have a funny story. I, my, I get Botox, no shame. And my dermatologist uh, was out of town, and I was going to some big event, and I was going to be on TV. And so I saw his partner in his practice, and he messed it up really badly. And oh, so I no. had one eyebrow like this and one eyebrow <laughs> like this. Oh, my God. And so I went back to my doctor and I was like, so I cheated on you. And he was like, it's only cheating if you get caught. And you got caught. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dr. Rao. Love you. That's so bad. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe like I would just want to like suggest like an alternative. Yeah. Like she's not fulfilled in like sexually in her marriage. Like it sounds like it's just not exciting. So she's seeking this thrill elsewhere. Like, I mean, this guy does not want an open marriage, which, which is fine. You know, he shouldn't have to. It's not for everyone. It's not for everybody. Um, But, but what if they maybe like went to like a sex coach? Like maybe she could like convince him to go to like a sex coach just to like, or maybe they could like do like, maybe they could just go watch people have sex somewhere. Like do, but that's not going to, it's not going to, quell her desire to be wanted right this is not about their sex life if her sex life were fulfilling with him she would i promise you i study this stuff with the brain all day she would still be driven to seek out someone to flirt with and have sex with 
And so the only thing she could do to fix that would be to take up like ballroom dancing or be on Dancing with the Stars or like (laughs) a career in bungee jumping. Something that spikes the dopamine in the brain as much is the only solution to stay married and not So this isn't like a sexually fulfilling like issue. This is dopamine issue. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's what uh, Helen Fisher calls romance junkies. This is like a a dopamine junkie. Love is like the greatest, most powerful pull to man more than any drug so so go start studying how to become a skydiving instructor (laughs) that is very interesting yeah like doing anything that's like exciting yeah totally if and like if anybody feels bored in their relationships or their marriage i mean like i told my husband i was like one day we're who knows we could be like championship squash players (laughs) when we're like 90 because like we're just constantly doing new things because I'm all paranoid. Like, I think I overheard one of you guys talking on the podcast, like, oh, I just have this paranoia. Like, what? It was after it was the, probably me. The, growing, <laughs> the growing together thing. Yeah, like, that's me. Oh, uh, but so I kind of have that same neuroticism, not neuroticism, but just the same, like, I need, like, new things in my life all yeah. the time. Yeah. And that's good. It's great for your I don't have. The, I don't have this need to, like, want to flirt or, like, hook up with other people. Not even I, flirt, really. I'm trying to remember, like, I'm just, like, really, if I, like, even if I think like really hard about like making out with another guy, it kind of grosses me out. Well, that, yeah. I mean, I can't necessarily imagine but, but that. Not flirting but flirting just, is fun. Not with just anybody. I think with I get kind of nervous. Yeah. With. When like, if a guy like even starts talking to me, I get kind of, I'm like, does he, should I tell him I'm married? Like, right, like within the first five seconds, I'm just like, I don't want to waste this person's time. I don't know. But I do need like new things and new excitement and like sexual fulfillment. But that's healthy. That's good. And that, that keeps the relationship good. Well, I personally, my dream is to just be famous enough to be on Dancing with the Stars. So <laughs> <laughs> you really tick that box for me. That's what I'm going to do to keep my love alive. Good. Great. <laughs> Great. Great. You got goals. All right. We got one more question for Mal. What is it? Yes. This one is from Charlie. Charlie is a girl. It's a lady, Charlie. We looked it up. Um, she says... I just want to be to say, firstly, you are wonderful, and I love your podcast. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Um, I could totally use some advice. I've been single for a while now and have been refocusing on me. I had a bad relationship before that was stressful 24-7, and I was too focused on them and their needs. I've been single for a year and a half, and I've really wanted to start dating. But so far, even dating outside my normal type is a disaster. Half of them have unsanitary kinks. Oh, no. But what do you say when a guy asks you if you'd pee on him? Now I'm nervous about going on another date and wish there were warning. There was a warning label for style of kink. What do I do? So Charlie, what dating app is she using? <laughs> Charlie's meeting a lot of freaks. And she, which is like cool. Like we're very like supportive. Whatever your kink is, it's cool right. that you own it. We're not pee-pee shaming. We're no, <laughs> but they're like we've said, like it's not for everybody. And like Charlie's not into your crazy kinks. So like, how can she find out? How can she avoid dating people with like weird kinks or kinks that are not compatible to hers? Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't I mean, call them weird. Well, maybe people would own that they're weird. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, so it, like, I want to know the process. Is she like in on like the third or fourth day? And then he's like, by the way, I really love pee. I like, do pee think that the pee guy, um, she, they made it to like in person. Cause didn't she say that she like got up and pretended to go to the bathroom? And yeah, I know. Him? I took, it was like a longer, <laughs> ironically, email. it was longer emails. So I took this part out, but there were no, that was another guy, Angela. Oh, there was like, another, <laughs> there was another guy that was just like doing like, 
trying to like do weird thing after weird thing. And like eventually she was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And she made like a run for it and just like, like left, which like honestly good for her. Because I think like any woman or, or guy for that matter, if you're uncomfortable in a situation, like get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I would say. And I mean, if somebody, if I were on a date and they did that, I'd be like, are they serious right now? And I'd be like, okay, but only if I can film myself peeing on you. And I would not have my face in it. And I would just be like, I like. Just this, so you could show people yeah, and they like, don't, if they don't believe you. But that's, that's just me. No, not even that. Just, I, I wouldn't really do that. But I just think that's hilarious. Like, really, dude? Like, what? I don't know. I actually. I, I just have, think of Sex in the City. That's all I think of I that have, episode. I have a friend. Um. Who I guess like for it's a thing with a lot of gay men apparently, and they're they're like oh, clubs totally. in yeah. in New York that like they have like pee pee parties. Um, I forget what they're called. There's like a name for them. But so my friend, the guy that he was seeing, actually was into this, and he was like, "I'm not, but you know, for you, sure, I'll try it." Because he and because he was the peer, so he was like, "Whatever, I have nothing to lose." But he said it's very hard to get yourself to go. <laughs> I in the moment. <laughs> You know what? I can get that because like sometimes like have you ever gone to the bathroom like with your girlfriend? Yes. In the same, I get stage fright. And totally. Like, and like you're in like the, the single stall. I, yeah. Like sometimes I'm just like I, it's not coming out. It's not coming out. Wait. So also like I think she should just start talking to these guys and from the get go being like all right what are your kinks? You know because it's just like and I feel like we talk about everything except sex and then we wind so up. So taboo. Yeah. And it's like, it just let, let's put put the cards on the table, you know? So if if she keeps meeting, I mean, it sounds like how do I not keep meeting guys with kinks? So clearly like these guys, like whatever it is, they like her. So she should just be open and be like, look, I've had some experiences. So tell me like. Some of your weirdest proclivities. Everybody has a sexual secret. What's yours? Right. You know? And she could even, I mean, she could kind of, it's a great story, the pee pee story. So she could be like, the last by the guy. way, yeah, the last guy I met up with uh, wanted to pee on me. So like, just, are, are you into that? to pee on her? I no, actually, I don't, I don't know. To pee on him. I know. Well, she wanted, he wanted her to pee on him. Like, see, I would kind of just be like, um, how much do you want to pay me? Five hundred? I'll pee on you for that. You <laughs> right. know? I'm not doing it for free. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, but she's not a prostitute. <laughs> no, but that's like that's not a prostitute. You go to a massage therapist, right, to rub your feet. Like she's I not having know. sex with it. I don't want to get paid for any up. sexual thing. I feel like for me, I would just feel really yucky about it. But I pee yeah. on the toilet for free. <laughs> Wasted dollars, guys. Every time you're flushing the toilet, that's money to be made. There you um, go. All right. Well, we hope that was helpful. So I, I would just say, like, to recap, maybe she should just communicate with them a little bit. And, like, you know, I, I'm surprised because we, we get a lot of messages sent from people that, that have, like, gotten, like, weirded out by messages people send mm-hmm. them. And a lot of times people put their kinks out there. Like, they're yeah. like, you know, like, I really want to, like, I really want, you know, to eat your pussy right now. Whatever. Like, they're just, like, very forward about what they want but it sounds like these guys are not that forward until they're like in the bedroom so yeah i guess that's kind of dangerous like if you have anything sexual that you want you like that you need to communicate even the girl you got to put that out there yeah you you have to talk about it outside of the bedroom that's yes. the best place because you know to be in the bedroom and have somebody just throw surprised. out surprised like, 
pee, daddy, woo. <laughs> like, you like, what? <laughs> even, I feel like even Christian Gray talked about his shit beforehand. <laughs> right. Yeah. They had a whole conversation, <laughs> I think. They did. Uh, guys, if you want your listener questions answered or if you have funny text messages from an app you want to share, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is upping your erotic intelligence. Yeah, so let's dive into this. How can people discover their erotic side and how can they they up their erotic intelligence? What are some tips? Well, they definitely need to focus on emotional intelligence. So, for example, when you're in the middle of having sex and somebody says, "Who's your daddy?" or there, you know, you're Can I pee in your yeah, mouth? Or there's like a queef or like, you know, a condom flop, or you start your period, all of these things that could happen. Like, what do you do in that moment of like shame and embarrassment? So erotic, uh, emotional intelligence is one of the key components to erotic intelligence. Um, and then social intelligence, being able to pick up on cues, body language, um, really focusing on another person, being hyper-observant like James Bond, rather than being buried in your phone. Uh, that is definitely a, a big factor. Body attunement is uh, is one way. So yoga, Pilates, all the way, getting in touch with yourself, exploring your body, exploring what you could or couldn't be into. I always say try something three times. Um, and if by the third time you're not into it, say bye-bye. Try it three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, not like just once. It's like Chinese food, you know? You, you could have it... In in Kansas and be like, this is horrible. You could have in New York and be like, this is great. Or you could have like Hunan Palace in San Francisco and you're like, what? What I, is this? I do have to say some of the best Chinese food I've ever had was in Kansas City. Really? Oh. Yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> they have good Chinese food there. <laughs> Jewish people love Chinese food and there's that a lot of true. Jewish people in Kansas City. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. Because like the first time you do might be a little awkward. We're, I'm talking about sex now, not Chinese food. Right. But <laughs> maybe but Chinese both, food. But both. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense because like the first time probably isn't like the best experience with that thing. You're trying to work the chopsticks. Exactly. <laughs> and then the, by the second time, you kind of got a grip. And then maybe by the third time, you're like picking up rice grain by grain yeah. and eating it. What are tips to being sexually compatible? Because you talked a little bit about that earlier, about finding someone that's sexually compatible. What are some of your tips for that? I think just being really... So there's so much we can say to another human without being goofy and completely just sort of spewing our thoughts and ideas and fantasies out. Um, and that is social intelligence. Being able to like lace what I like with innuendo um, or like fun flirtation is a great way of like dropping the hint that you, uh, that I like this or I don't like, you know, this. Um I remember when I was single, I would go on dates with guys and they would say something along the lines of like, oh, well, I'm very dominant in the bedroom. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm not into that. And I would just be like, oh, that's nice. I was like, I'm not into that at all, especially not when pain's involved. Like, I only want to feel good. And that's me. And if somebody else feels differently, that's fine. But I definitely know from that moment, I'm not going to go through with this. Um, so I think just sort of using innuendo and and intuition and dropping subtle hints is a great way before you just spew it out on the table. And then you can spew it all out on the table, but <laughs> always outside of the bedroom. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with guys that I like hooked up with before we hooked up. Like we never really talked about like what we were into before. 
right. with and, any guy I've ever dated. And especially if you're into like a very specific thing that that people kind of feel strongly about one way or the other, that's definitely a case that you you should know not to spring it on them in the moment. Right. Because that if they're not into it or if they're surprised – like it could really like ruin the whole experience for them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if they had been prepared, they might have. That's been, like, true. Into I guess it. there wasn't anything anybody like really sprang onto me. Like that. Right. Like I was never really like surprised. I mean, other like there was one that like was into like like spanking kind of you know, <laughs> but like I, it wasn't that weird. And I guess I would have just been like, don't do that. Like if I right. didn't want to. But yeah, I guess there was never a huge need. But yeah, if somebody's into something very specific, you got to talk about it beforehand. I call it the litmus test. In gen- like even back back in the day when I would meet people, I would just sort of like automatically say something about sex because if they're uncomfortable and that freaks them out or they're judgy McJudgerson, I probably don't want to keep talking to them. So it, like, not even just sexual compatibility, but just in terms of like which humans I want to interact with litmus test straight away <laughs> like first date straight away a oh, first date first like meeting you know <laughs> just like throwing it out there you know life's too short there are like eight million people in this city i don't have time to pretend for three dates that's true <laughs> on that note <laughs> it is time for our reason of the week breakdown Sexuality is something very personal and can vary from person to person. In other words, different strokes for different folks. All sorts of strokes can be found in NYC's famed Museum of Sex gift shop. Since Mal is the museum's uh, advice columnist and uh, former sexologist, we thought she might enjoy a little game we call something from the Museum of Sex gift shop or something from Best Buy. We are going to name an item and Mal will have to tell us if it's something from the Museum of Sex gift shop or if it's something that Best Buy carries. Are you ready to play? Oh, yeah. All right. I'll go first. Rechargeable Hitachi. Best Buy or Museum of Sex? Museum of Sex. You didn't even hesitate. Yeah, very confident. (laughs) I'm scared now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For the record, that is a giant vibrator. Mm -hmm. Okay, next. Neato Robotics. Oh, Museum of Sex or Best Buy? Best Buy? Correct. It's a robot vacuum. Yes. Uh, Wow. Two for two. All right. Uh, Three. The Shark. Best Buy. Also a robot vacuum. (laughs) Oh, they're so sexy, those things. (laughs) Um, Lilo Siri. Museum of Sex or Best Buy? Museum of Sex. She knows her Museum of Sex. Or you know your vibrator. I know my dildos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a handheld massager with eight beats. Yep, you can, you can do eight different different beats in yeah. it. Uh, next up, the We Vibe Sync. Definitely Mosex. That is a vibrator that syncs to music, so it can be like pulsing to whatever music you want to play. I had one of those ones. I got. I got. I one, feel like they were very popular. I got for one a long gifted time. to me at like a gifting suite once. <laughs> It was great, but like, and to be honest, like, I don't really need my vibrator to pulse to the beat of my music. Like, wow. like it was like, it, it didn't, I can see how, you know, you put your headphones in, like, I, I could, see, I get the idea of it, but it, it didn't, it didn't help my pleasure anymore. I'm actually uh, one of the rare people that I'm very not into like turning on music for sexy times. 
Like me some, either. Really? Because yeah. a lot of my friends are like, oh my god, so you just like, do it in silence? Oh like, no, I, I love like, silence. Music. No, I don't. I don't like it. it like, because like I think I associate music with different things. Then I just start thinking about the music. I, I know. I like. Yeah, it's gotta be like music that I guess I like. I'm not really paying attention to the music, but I guess you really have to put some time into curating it. Because I remember like one time Nick put on Nick's like into the music too, so he'll be like, oh, I'll put on some music. And one time he put on like this playlist. I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like all of a sudden it's like, like, and I'll slap your ass. Like, or like, it was, it was, it was, it was, I guess, I know I was just talking about spanking, but like, but it was, it wasn't that, but it was something like really, it it was something like more offensive. It was, it was like not sexy at all. It was something very like offensive, some rap song. I don't know, but he was just like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I kind of like rap songs. For a sec. But, a lot of people do. But like, so I, I'm a musician. So I studied music first and foremost. So for me, it's my first language. And it's when I hear music and I hear people talking, it, I have to focus on the people talking because my brain is just constantly focused on the music. And it's the same with sex. Interesting. Yeah. I found Indian music is good for me and sex, all the quarter tones. I'm like, oh. okay, yeah, that's a whole other thing. And is it like instrumental, like no lyrics or? Yeah, the lyrics yeah, that... definitely get to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, maybe it's like some sexy jazz is what we got to yeah. do. Next time. Yeah. Smooth jazz. Uh, all right. Next up, Angela, take it away. The Fresh Prep Slicer. Is that Museum of Sex or Best Buy? I sure hope it's Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound fun if it's a no. vibrator. No, it is Best Buy. You're right. It's an attachment for a KitchenAid mixer. Yep. All right. We got three more for you. So far, you're six for six. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Emoji Bader. Definitely Mosex. Hey, Chris. I love Emoji Bader. Chris, that is an emo- that is a dildo that looks like an eggplant. Yes. The my, eggplant my, emoji. My girlfriend created it. She's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. She's Chris Handler. She's uh, fabulous. She's young, too. It's but, very funny. Yeah. It it would be like I, a good gift. I do feel like, yeah, that that is a great gift. Like, there there was a need for it. She yeah. saw a demand. It, they just came out with, like, a hot chili pepper, too, I think. Or maybe a I think it's the chili. I'll have to look it up later. But yeah, they have a second, Very second cool. emoji. Uh, two more for you. Okay. The in-dash power cord. Is that a museum of sex item or a Best Buy item? Oh, that's t- Best Buy? Oh, yay. Correct. <laughs> but it could have been like a bondage thing. That's what I was going for. <laughs> but yes, it's from Best Buy. It's a wire kit for a radar detector, which is super boring. All right. Last one. Let's see if you can do nine for nine. Sports sheets, sports cuffs. Oh, sports. Oh, Mosex? Uh, yes, I really thought we were going to get you with that last one, but that is Museum of Sex Bondage Cuffs. Crazy. I also, wow, you are nine for nine. I will that was say amazing. my favorite. That's fa- the best we've ever had a guest do in it our quizzes. It might quizzes. be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Mosex gift shop is great, but my favorite, favorite sex, like for sexual health and wellness and pleasure is Unbound. Their Instagram is on fleek. They're, the whole company is amazing. They just came out with their own line of stuff. It's very female focused. Cool. I'm upset. And they have jewelry that doubles as sex toys. Oh, wow. Is so is that like IN inbound? Uh, unbound. UN, oh, unbound. Yeah, okay. unbound. Unbound. Unboundbabes.com. And like they don't even spot. I just, I love them so yeah. much that we, I'm like, well, I have we got to give a them. shout out to Adam and Eve because that's where, that's where we get all of our sexy stuff because they're, they're yes. one of our sponsors. Oh, amazing. I love Adam and Eve. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic too. So there's so many places out there to get all your sexy stuff. 
Um, guys, we hope we have cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Mal Harrison. You can follow Mal on Instagram at Melodiosium. Melodious. SM. Melodious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> M-E-L-O-D-I-O-U-S-M-S-M. <laughs> Thanks, Angela, for that help. You can also follow her on Twitter at Advice from MSM. <laughs> Follow the Center for Erotic Intelligence on Instagram at Erotic Intelligence. Any other plugs that I can have you tell people about so I don't butcher your plugs? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> great. Follow these ladies. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank I love you. your podcast. Check out Thank our book. You. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. We also have our audio book available on Audible. Yep. And if you'd like to get hooked up with discounts from our sponsors, including Adam and Eve, uh, for f- you can go to our website for a full list of sponsors and codes. Check out our podcast page at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. We've been memeing and joking it up on there. <laughs> We're pretty hilarious. Um, please like and subscribe to us on iTunes also if you can. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast.